random encounter at a broadcasting facility, a shared interest and love of all things Marvel, Excelsior, a misinterpreted program title, and behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick, podcaster and comic book enthusiast, and Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelous Presents Legal Counsel, a She-Hulk podcast. I'm the Honorable Peter Melnick. That's what he says. And I'm the, I guess, Honorable Eddie Wilson. Episode 8. Ribbit and Rip It. What an episode this one was. Uh, I can't believe it. We finally got to see the MCU debut of a costume that we've been waiting for so long. Yes, I'm talking about Frogman's costume, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm talking about, of course, Daredevil. Wasn't it neat to see, ladies and gentlemen? I think we knew it was coming, but then all of a sudden, here it is. Matt didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. Yes, that's right. Stuck trying to park his car. Wherein, yeah. She-Hulk represents Leapfrog, who was injured due to a malfunction in his custom-made super suit. But has to start off by saying he is the guard frog. In this episode, it was... Uh... It's been discussed online ad nauseum about the portrayal of uh, Matt Murdock, and it's still going on. There's a lot of fanboys bitching, moaning, and kvetching about how he's used in this episode, and (sighs) it's kind of getting tiring at this point, folks. I'm tired of talking about it, but unfortunately... I like that... We got Matt Murdock doing his lawyer thing. We got Daredevil doing some fighting. We got classic ketchup and mustard. I mean, his old classic colors of the costume. But, Eddie, he made a joke. He's supposed to be dark and brooding. Oh, wait a minute. He's He jokes in the comics, too? Mm. Shit. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you can't have a dark and brooding character. Why is he making a joke? I don't wear hockey pads. Come on. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Come on. You coming? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're going to be late, damn it. No. In regards to the uh, portrayal of she or the portrayal of uh, Daredevil in this episode, I loved the hell out of it. I thought it was really good, right down to him doing the walk of shame at the end in his Daredevil costume. Good stuff. Yeah, I didn't expect... That's probably the most... The biggest thing I didn't expect to happen. The hookup. Oh, I did. Because, uh, you know, in the Daredevil comics, he's known as a ladies' man. He always goes on, goes on dates, does this, does that. He's got uh, he's got quite the body count in his life. <laughs> yes, but I didn't think of it in that way. Okay. I didn't expect uh, two, uh, two uh, you know, questionable language things from Jen and or She-Hulk. Uh, who's this a-hole in the courtroom? It's always weird to hear certain swear words on the award-winning Disney+, Plus, but it, it makes sense. It's fine now because we have Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Logan, so... Right. Know. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. 
But I like the, the little drop sort of in the beginning where you hear previously on my show, and you hadn't heard that before. I Again, the self-awareness of the fourth wall breaking is pretty damn good. I think uh, mm-hmm. this episode is, you know, it's prime for the sense of, hey, we're doing this. Let's just, uh, we're finally here for what you want. And this is what people have wanted to see all season long. And it knocked it out of the park. That's just me. I tell you, though, you know, we get a little further into this. We have Jen and Matt at the bar. They strike a relationship, you know, the conversation, and, and, you know, that leads to something. And then Jen goes to meet Todd, the creepy guy. But, of course, she has to go as She-Hulk. And he has acquired for, what, a million dollars a Wakandan spear. So I'm kind of wondering what this guy's M.O. overall. Is he just got a lot of money, wants to collect all kinds of things? And the thing that I caught somewhat, and maybe it's not to be too much paid attention to, is was him saying Wakanda forever, and uh, that made She-Hulk uncomfortable. I got a big laugh out of that. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. But... And how this thing turns into um, Leapfrog being the bad guy, kidnapping Jacobson, designer and- of all these superhero costumes. It's funny because in the uh, comic books, the original source material, Leapfrog slash uh, Frogman is like such a, a lovable, misunderstood character, and he's also such a massive dork. He's not, he's he's a massive dork in this, but not to the degree that he is in the comics. But mm-hmm. it kind of bummed me out seeing him, like you know, become a bad guy because like Leapfrog is adorably wholesome. Like he gets the redemption. He's like every once in a while comes along. He's like. Hey guys, remember me? I'm Leapfrog. Oh, I randomly saved you. See you next time. Yeah, a lot of uh, ribbit and rippets throughout the uh, episode. You got you gotta establish your catchphrase. Mm-hmm. The part though, before we uh, go too far away from it, how the the lawsuit falls apart because with his hypersensitive nose, Matt Murdock detects some kind of fuel. And here we have jet fuel, which is not what you're supposed to use in this costume, apparently. And it's funny because we're we're establishing a lot of what Matt Murdock is with his powers and all that stuff. And I thought that was a neat little touch with the uh, reminding the audience that yes, his his senses are heightened now due to the you know blindness, but it's usually nine times out of ten the hearing that is heightened. You know. But so do utilizing sense of smell that was great. Yeah, I think you know you wanted to get a well-rounded daredevil character, and where the case presents itself, courtroom not included, you'll get uh, another example of. And Jen could kind of relate to that too. With uh, what did she call it? Um, echo. Yeah, was it an echo location? Something like that. Yeah. In regards to. Also, what else, what else is there, Eddie? Well, we go to the fight sequence with uh, Durder and Jen, and I think uh, we have the line, She-Hulk smash. I love the fight scene because it's literally standard superhero versus superhero protocol. Common misunderstanding. Like, literally, they do the whole, you don't want to fight me. You're right, I don't, but I'm going to have to. Mm-hmm. And, again, if you want a... Uh, very by the numbers explanation of how these kind of stories go. Be sure to check out Black Panther versus Deadpool by Daniel Kibblesmith and uh, oh, mm-hmm. Ricardo 
Go, uh, Garcia Lopez, I believe. But just again, one of the most important things in the you know the storytelling technique of superhero versus superhero, and you know we have those every once in a while in the MCU, but this is like the first time in a truly long time that this has happened. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. And that whole "I wouldn't want to fight me neither" reminded me of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker versus Flash Thompson, which years later would be retconned to become Spider-Man versus Deathstroke. Ha ha. Okay. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. And then we get to, uh, it looks like we're close to the end already here now, with the Jen and Matt and I, uh, my notes say woohoo uh, sequence. And we'll pass that because we know, you know, stuff happens. Uh, but the gala, Jennifer She-Hulk Walters is the intro as she gets a, what I think she thought was an individual, but becomes a shared award for lawyer, female attorney of the year. That scene is such a... Uh... Oh, wow, she's finally getting her moment to shine. It's just like, nope, everybody is. Everyone is getting it. You get an award. You get an award. You get a bunch of bees. No, you get a bunch of bees. No, yeah, not, it's... Not, quite, uh, not quite the show where everybody in the audience got a car. Absolutely. But it is, it's kind of like a, it's a sobering realization to Shulky that, just because you have these abilities, you're not that special in the grand scheme of things with everything else. You know, and I wonder if that contributed to what we get a little bit later. That is the not the intelligentsia screen hack, but She-Hulk going savage. I don't... Uh, I would say so, yeah, maybe. I just love seeing her go buck wild and just destroy things because, in all honesty... This entire time, she's been like the lovable, you know, hey, I can I can lift something up really high or I can punch you really hard. When she, when She-Hulk goes savage, she goes savage. Well, we, we saw that. We saw that maybe with her fight against her cousin, Bruce, on the island. So we got that, you know, I think satisfied to our liking. We want to see the different characteristics that we've known reading She-Hulk and so on. But to have it happen here in this particular time, uh, I wasn't sure what the tone is now going to be. It's maybe just a reminder that, yes, she can be that too and not just all all nicey-nicey. But I also wanted to mention with the fight against Daredevil, I, I thought, oh, man, collateral damage as far as throwing somebody's car at Daredevil. And, you know, now that we're you know done with talking about the episode as a whole, it's kind of fun, though, to see how much love and attention the 
MCU has for everything that's come before. And what gets me is when you end up hearing Daredevil's theme song play for a, as brief of a second as it is, you know? Yeah, it brief is sure. But it's funny because that, that theme song became iconic for what it is. Would it be due to the Netflix show? Oh, well, obviously, repetition and people listening to it nonstop and just being a good score of music. I just feel like, you know, it's going to be cool to hear the MCU version, like the real deal one, instead of it just being like a quick little musical cue, you know? Yeah, nothing going as far back as the Ben Affleck Daredevil, I guess. And one of my other favorite little Easter eggs in the episode, and tell me if you notice this, when Daredevil goes, all right, I'm going to basically goes off and fights, it's in a hallway. Because it's not Daredevil fighting unless it's in a hallway. <laughs> I want. I did a, most of a rewatch before this recording. I guess I didn't get all the way through it. I thought, you know, the idea of just doing a hallway fight, like, that will always be the main trademark of these characters. Like, when you see that, you know that that's them. Like, you wouldn't do it any other way, you know? Like, if you don't do it, you, like, that's a big disservice to the character. And, like, people will notice. Like, why didn't you do that, you know? Maybe, I guess, if you're remembering from the original series the intensity of that, then I guess, yeah, that would carry through. Uh, if you didn't or you just casually watched it, then okay, not a, you know. But I just think in general that's probably, you know, at close quarters, perhaps optimal fighting conditions for him with the radar sense and everything. That's true. That is absolutely true. And the whole thing of world building in the MCU where there's little itty-bitty things that, if you've watched the movies, if you've seen the shows, you know them full well by this point. Mm-hmm. The Sokovia Accords getting brought up. Roger the, Roger's the musical being a billboard in the background. I love yeah. seeing that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The other thing that would probably be just as good is, and this also goes back to the, the movie, the first movie is a fight scene in the rain where he could actually, quote-unquote, see the person or person's and it, it's funny, too, because we see a lot of uh, references to the overall Marvel Universe, and they're, they keep referencing the X-Men. And this episode is responsible for multiple X-Men references in roundabout ways. It's kind of cool to see. Because, you know, you end up seeing at one point uh, Nikki, she ends up, you know, putting the, uh, the, what's it called? The brushes and everything, the makeup brushes as Wolverine. That's what it's supposed to be like with the claws. Did not pick up on that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. But then there's the plethora of X-Men references in the end credits scene with the the illustrations. I don't know if you noticed that one. Oh, shoot. Again, I'm going to finish what I started to rewatch. Yes, oh, shoot, indeed, Eddie. Because if you remember all of those sneakers, they're all shoes sneakers designed to look like the costumes of various marvel characters and if you look closely you see cyclops you see colossus you see wolverine you see deadpool you see the fantastic four you see the thing and they're all established at this point in this show that's the very subtle thing because they are there they're celebrities in this world so even the x-men and even deadpool 
they do in fact exist just based on that scene alone. Well, all right. I have to go back to the subtle, very subtle now, that or their clientele of Jacobson also making costumes. You think so? I don't know. Just threw that in there. I just love the fact that in regards to the uh, overall MCU with that, with the uh, the little Easter eggs like that, I love that Marvel is fully aware that we know, or they know that we know the X-Men and Fantastic Four are truly on their way soon. It's just they're teasing us. And mm-hmm. are you enjoying the teases as much as I am, or do you think they should just be like, all right, let's just do it already. Let's just get it over with. I like the drops. I like the references. And then, boom, you just got Daredevil showing up to the courtroom, Matt Murdock, rather. And so, you know, you know about it, but then all of a sudden, here we go. How soon do you think it's going to be until we see Fantastic Four and the X-Men? Like, truly Fantastic Four and truly X-Men? We'll just be at their mercy. And, like, I know at least one other person saying, I will just keep sending my money to (laughs) see everything else that they're sending our way. Honestly, I think it's going to be within the next two years. Oh well, yeah, two years as far as it's got to be. Uh, yeah, I thought you I mean, had sorry, a more not, specific. Not, sorry, not that. I would say maybe within the next six months, actually. Mm, okay, maybe for at least one of them. I don't. Because if you look at it right now, what gets me is they're throwing everything to the wall. They're throwing all of these characters at us, and. I don't I don't know. It's it's very weird to see. Like there's these characters they're just they're there and hidden in plain sight. Like I I will still continue to say Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Wolverine makes a cameo in Madripoor. Mhm. I saw a little cowboy hat and that was definitely Wolverine. Mm. So, that's just me. Yeah. And yeah. The, they're uh, also the other... Oh, go ahead. The other little tidbit I was going to say is that I think we got a reference to, well, Jen doing the fourth wall breaking and saying, the finale is next? What else can we do? Or something to that effect. I love that. I love that they're self-aware. I love that idea of like, yeah, you guys do know that this is a show. It's a season. Did she say season finale or series finale? Or did she just not say either and just said finale? Finale I know for sure, but I don't remember the rest of it. Because I think she just said finale, and that leaves it open-ended. Could there be a season two? Could there be this? Could there be that? We don't know. Mm -hmm. But I thought you were, when you were saying, Jen, talking about something, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that she brought up Red Hulk. Yes, that's right. That that too, she did, yeah. And we kind of didn't talk about this, I believe, on the last episode, but, you know, we're getting Thunderbolt Ross, in the MCU again and the rumor and innuendo is Harrison Ford might be playing him so we might be seeing Harrison Ford play Red Hulk down the line OMG yeah wow and I mean you know being a big ball of rage that fits Harrison Ford perfectly for having to deal with the Star Wars fandom the Indiana Jones fandom and oh so many other ones that he just can't stand after a while uh maybe and a good makeup job (laughs) I just think uh, it'll it'll be cool to see Harrison Ford possibly in the MCU. Just not long overdue because I never expected it to happen, but it'll be cool. You just got to be careful. He's getting on in years. You want to watch that blood pressure and that rage. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he's got to go uh, low sodium. <laughs> for sure. What would you say is your predictions for next week's episode? 
there will not be everything tied up for sure. Things can just con- I think it can be continued. Let it coagulate. I don't know. I don't know anything in, in particular what's going to happen. Uh, the law firm will remain pretty much the same. And I'd like to find out about uh, what's his name, uh, Jason, from the last one. And you know, let's put uh, intelligentsia out of the picture, or at least temporarily. I don't see intelligentsia being taken out of the picture. I think they're going to keep going because. We've, we've established they're a thing, and for her to see them all within the span of one episode and, you know, go through it immediately, there's no way. You, you're you knocking down the pins way too soon. That's like just walking up to, you know, the bowling pins and just throwing the, the ball at them. Y- yeah, I mean, I know there's been other movies where why introduce a Marvel villain when all of a sudden it's one and done, they're introduced, and then they're get, they get knocked off. I don't know if that could be with Intelligentsia. I would like Intel- to have Jen have her ID back kind of thing. Intelligentsia is not villain of the week caliber material. They are one hundred and ten percent their own unique thing, you know. Mm, yeah, and yeah, like, and they can show up in other forms like Hydra, I suppose. But maybe for now, they can be uh, close the book on them for not to say that they're out of the picture, but for now, the threat is subdued, nullified, if you will. Yeah. So now, before we wrap this episode up, Eddie, what are your expectations? for uh, the future of She-Hulk. She's back in something. She's back in something, maybe the next um, Avengers movie. First, I do see her showing up on the big screen sooner rather than later. I think it's going to be, she'll be jettisoned. I think her she's going to make a cameo in something. Mm-hmm. I could totally, again, I could see it being Deadpool 3, but that's two years away, so who knows? But just do it, you know? Like, she, she has, like, there is a fandom of the character. You know, I was at New York Comic Con this past weekend, and I saw a lot of Shulky cosplayers. But the representation that weekend was mostly, and I'm shocked to say it, although it makes sense because he was there, but it was a lot of Wanda and Moon Knight. But Shulky was definitely represented with her having a show going currently at the same time. Well, those are all good ones to me. Um, I think with Deadpool 3, now we already have been told, or maybe it's not completely confirmed, we're going to see um, X-23? No, it hasn't been confirmed. There's, okay. uh, I don't see it happening because mm-hmm. timeline-wise, you know, it's it's concurrent with uh, Logan. Yeah. Or, I mean, it goes after, uh, Logan goes after this, so there's no way after Deadpool 3. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that we still have not scraped the surface of yet, but we'll see. But wait, under under the surface, though, aren't we supposed to see that Roman guy? Stop that. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's uh, just a lot of really cool things that we are seeing in the future of the MCU, and next week will be a blast. I mean, you know, we have not done the episode yet. I haven't even seen it as of this recording because, like I said, I had a pretty busy weekend. You had a pretty busy weekend. And we are going to be talking about it, though. Werewolf by Night. And, yeah. And at least for the opening teaser, they went all old-style 1930s movie, black and white, the lettering, the fonting. I was waiting for all the credits to happen in the beginning also, but didn't get too far into it just quite yet. So I think that's going to wrap this episode up, Eddie. Yep. Would you say it's a, a dismissal of the case? 
or no? Uh, table to be rescheduled. Case dismissed. Dismissed. For the marvelous, I'm Peter Melnick, and I'm Eddie Wilson. Court adjourned.